You get to start feeling good when you decide that you want to start feeling good. And as you start to lean into it, everything around you is going to start to shift, but it really does start with you. And that was a hard one for me. That was really hard for me to accept. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of She Leads First. Today is a special episode because as I am recording this, it is my 30th birthday. I have to tell you, I just got what is literally the best haircut of my life. I am feeling myself. I am feeling good. I can't stop looking in the mirror. I am so glad that I paid for the more expensive stylist. I was between two. I was like, how much better can a haircut really be? Looking at the difference in the prices of the stylist. But yeah, I was like, you know what? You don't want a bad haircut on your birthday. Pay for the more expensive person because my old stylist left the salon that I go to, moved far away. (laughs) So I had to pick somebody new and I splurged. I went for the more experienced stylist, and I have to tell you, it is worth it. So if you've ever wondered how much better can a haircut get if you pay for that top-tier service, it does get better. It does get better, and I am feeling myself today. But today is a special day. Like I said, I'm turning 30. I can't believe it. This is one of those days where I was like, I don't think I'll ever be 30. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just a teenager. I'm just a 17-year-old, (laughs) 30-year-old. You know what I mean? (laughs) So (laughs) it's interesting to be at this point where it's like, okay, we're stepping into another decade. I think when I turned 20, you're too young to really appreciate all the life you've lived so far. And you don't realize how much time really is in a decade. And I even was looking up on my phone today, pictures of me from when I was 20. And I'm like, who is that girl? Who is that person? And also bless her because she has no idea how hard life is about to hit her in the next 10 years. And it's true. My 20s were full of ups and downs, but I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of downs. I learned so many lessons. It was nonstop growth. I hit rock bottom, I always like to say, pretty early on in life. Actually, right around my 20th birthday was one of my lowest points, but I'm so grateful for it because it started this journey of just getting so curious about self-development and getting so curious about how do I become a better person and enjoy my life more? If I'm not liking how things are, what role do I have in changing my circumstances? What ability do I have to manipulate the world around me and change my environment and try new things and experience new things and live a different life, especially when at that time I was looking around and things weren't looking too good? You know, I don't come from a wealthy family. I didn't have support through college financially, and I left college 
very depressed and very broke. And that's how I entered my 20s. And to top it off, I moved to California right after I graduated. And I didn't know a single soul out here. I didn't have a job either. I had to take the first job I could find. And as you might imagine, it was a pretty lonely experience. I only had one coworker at the first job, that first job that I took that I stayed stayed at for a couple years, I think about two or three years. And so I didn't even really have a lot of people I could meet through work. And it was tough. It was tough. But like I said, it started me on this path of looking around and saying, okay, are you going to accept this forever? How are things going to change? How are you going to get to that life you want? How do you pull yourself up and out of this and start, yes, making more money, but also start living a better life? And in reflecting on that today and yesterday, I've been doing a lot of journaling around, okay, what am I so grateful for? What have I really learned in these last 10 years of life here? Because it's been a lot and I've experienced so much. I've had so many different career paths even just come forward in this last decade. And that's what I want to center today's episode around is the biggest lessons that I learned in my 20s that I'm so grateful for and that I want to share with you in case they land, in case you find yourself in a similar circumstance right now where we have some avenue of a shared experience where you can relate to what I went through and what I learned. And maybe if you need it, or even if you don't know you need it, it'll give you a little bit of hope to keep moving forward and keep chugging along towards everything that you want out of life. Because, oh my God, my friend, it gets so good if you let it. It might not change instantly, but how you feel can shift in an instant and you can start to literally change the physical reality around you. And if I had to summarize just as like a precursor to what we're going to dive into, if I'm going to summarize the lessons, that is it in a nutshell is you get to start feeling good when you decide that you want to start feeling good. And as you start to lean into it, everything around you is going to start to shift, but it really does start with you. And that was a hard one for me. That was really hard for me to accept. I always wanted to be like, no, look at all of these things that are stacked up against me. Look at how hard my life is. Look at the reasons I can't do the things that I want to do and can't have the things I want to have. But all I was doing was making a case against myself. I was stacking the odds against me and making it so I didn't even have to try. I didn't even have to try to be better because look at X, Y, and Z that was holding me back. But once you let those defenses go, once you say, hey, I'm not going to make that my story anymore, things really start to shift for the better. So let's dive into some of these lessons. Like I said, that's the big overarching one, but let's dive into some of the micro ones. And just as a little tangent here, a little side note here to preface, I'm going to diverge from business just a little bit. These are going to be true life lessons, just being a woman, growing, living, learning, and now sharing. So some of them aren't going to be directly related to business like this first one here isn't, but I do believe that all of this does bleed through into how we show up for ourselves inside of our work. So without further ado, the first big lesson I learned in my 20s, and I feel this one so deeply, and I know a lot of you ladies are going to be able to relate to this, is People don't love you more the more body fat that you drop. The smaller you are doesn't mean people are going to love you more. Now, I'm not saying that thin privilege is not a thing. I'm not ignoring that. But I'm saying you don't get the love and validation, that deep sense of people love me and I love myself. That doesn't come 
by making your body physically smaller. You don't end up loving yourself more, which is what we really want. Typically, when we're working on our physical appearance is we want to feel worthy of love. That's one aspect of it, right? There are other reasons as well. But we want to feel worthy of love from others. And I fell so deep into this in my early 20s, especially in my personal training years. I thought if I could just get myself smaller, if I could hit the aesthetic goals, then I would feel so worthy of love. And I would have all these friends and people would like me and I could show myself proudly on social media. My life would just get better but I hit all the aesthetic goals. At one point, I was like 8% body fat in my CrossFit days when I was like really jacked and really lean. I hit all the goals I wanted to hit and I never felt that validation. Now, I'm not saying that I never felt proud of the work that I put into my body. That's a little bit different. But what I was yearning for, which I think a lot of us are, is that deep sense of I am worthy. And I thought that as soon as I hit the aesthetic goals, I would feel it. When I got there, I put in all the work. I dang near starved myself. I counted all of my calories every day. Sorry if I'm triggering anyone with, you know, my fitness pal memories. And I didn't feel it. And that was a huge, huge eye-opening moment for me when I had to look around and say, Emily, you're not even enjoying your life because you're not letting yourself eat. You're so afraid of like, if you eat over your calories, you're not going to hit your aesthetic goals. And then that's going to spiral and you're going to have to do extra workouts. Like I just wasn't living. I was living just to try to hit these aesthetic goals and not even feeling what I wanted to feel as a result of it. And now I want to be clear, I'm not saying don't work on aesthetic goals. I think that there's a way to do that healthily, but don't feel like you have to shrink yourself to be worthy of the love that you desire. That love that you're looking for is really the love that comes from yourself that you give to you. As cheesy as it sounds, that really is like you are the only person who can give yourself that sense of validation that you might be chasing. And it was a tough lesson to learn, but I'm so grateful I did. And I'm not going to say that I have a perfect relationship with my body now entering my 30s. It is worlds better than it was in my 20s and even my teenage years. But it's just something that I wish that we even continue to talk about more just in our communities as women, because I think a lot of us are still bound by this societal pressure to be smaller. But if we want to talk about how that relates to business, you start to show up smaller. You start to feel like you're not worthy of taking up big space and being loud and being proud about yourself. So like I said, even though that this one's not directly tied to business, it does play into how you're willing to show up and be big for yourself in your life. And I absolutely was terrified of being seen, as ironic as that is, when my body was maybe at its fittest when I was the most societally acceptable version of myself and in my physique, I felt the smallest. I felt the least worthy of attention then. Now, where I don't have those aesthetic goals checked off anymore, I feel so much more comfortable. But I had to learn to love myself. Again, it's cheesy, but it's true. And give myself that validation that I was looking for. Lesson number two. Oh, I'm reading these back and I'm like, these are tough ones. Like 20s were tough. My 20s were tough. This one was a harsh lesson for me, especially moving to California and not knowing a soul. I had to realize that if I wanted to be friends with someone, so if I met a girl and I admired her, if I wanted a friendship to develop there, I had to be willing to be the one to put myself out there 
to make plans to invite somebody to hang out with me and do the things with me, I had to be willing to put myself out there and be vulnerable first. I just thought no one was asking me to hang out because nobody liked me. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm never asking anyone to hang out. I'm never initiating plans. Why am I waiting for friends to come and find me and do the work and build our friendship for me if I'm not willing to put that same energy out there? If I want people to be vulnerable with me, which is really what building a friendship is, it's letting down your guard and saying like, hey, this is who I am. Do you like me enough to hang out with me? Like that is vulnerable. That is uncomfortable. But I realized if I wanted somebody to feel that comfortable with me, I had to feel that comfortable with me. I had to be willing to do that and be the one to put myself out there. And of course, it'll be reciprocated. It's not always one-sided, but there's a point where you have to be willing to go first. And that was so tough for me. I wasted so many years not having the community that I have now because I was too afraid to be the one to put myself out there and risk hearing no. And side note, you're going to ask people if you're on the same journey that I was of building friendships and building community, especially if you're in a new place, if you're a transplant like I was, you're going to have moments where people don't vibe with you. It's one way where you're like, oh, I like her. And maybe it's not reciprocated. And that's tough. That's like our biggest fear that we often don't voice out loud is someone's just not going to like me. But just realizing and calling that out even can help soften it and say, you know what? That's okay. And practice repeating to yourself the affirmation of, I love myself enough that I'm going to put myself out there. And if I get rejected, I know I'll be okay. It just means it wasn't the right time or it wasn't the right person, but the right people are not going to miss me. So tough one, if you're going through it, I know it is. But working on this and flexing this muscle has been the biggest gift to my life. I feel so loved today on my birthday. I just spent like a good half hour on the couch before recording this podcast, just responding to all of the well wishes I received, all of the birthday messages. I have never had this kind of outpouring of love on my birthday. And to just receive it, honestly, I was tearing up. I was tearing up going through the messages because it means so much. But I know that this didn't just happen. I've been putting in work. I've been reaching out to people on their birthdays. I haven't been missing people's special days. I've been making an effort to connect and send those text messages and to build genuine connections with people, which I wasn't doing before. I didn't know. No one taught me. Relationships are modeled to us and not all of us are raised in environments where we get to see those types of relationships being fostered, especially if you have parents that worked a lot as mine did. You know, they don't necessarily have time to model that to you and it's no one's fault, but it is something that we get to realize and we get to work on. And I promise, even if you are an introvert, even if you are shy, even if you have anxiety, I was all of the things, (laughs) it's worth it. And it gets easier every single time you do. Okay, the next one, this is a biggie. And this applies to everything we do. But like I started to say at the beginning of this podcast, you're not going to wake up one day and realize that your life is better just because time passed. You are in full control of your reality. And if you don't like the reality that is around you right now, it's time to stop making excuses for why you can't and start to make a change. I really realized this in that first job that I mentioned that I was working outside of college right after I moved to LA. I needed a job because I had 
put down payments and, and signed a contract for an apartment, but I didn't have a job yet. I didn't have any income. I had a little bit of savings from my high school jobs, honestly, that had rode me through college. And that was all I was living off of. So I took the first job I could. It was in the warehouse district of LA, which is a very sketchy part of town. It's it, We were very close to Skid Row, which is an infamously horrific part of LA. And I only had one coworker and we were working in a windowless room, which side note, I kind of think is illegal. <laughs> My architecture peeps, let me know. And I was doing phone sales. And what that really meant is handling customer complaints all day long. And if you've ever been in a position like that, it is miserable to have people voice their complaints and quite honestly yell at you all day long. And when someone's not yelling at you, then I was making cold calls or I was packaging packages that we were going to send out. It was a clothing company in the warehouse. Like none of that is fun. It was either manual labor or it was just being berated on the phone from people who don't want to buy from you or people who want to send what they have back to you. And oh, I hated it. I hated my existence. It was showing me so much contrast of what I did not want in my life. And I had to sit there and I had to face myself and say, okay, Emily, five years from now, how are you getting out of this? What plans are you making to change this? Because this isn't even a company you want to move up in. There's no advancement room here. What are you going to do next? And that's what started me on the journey of saying like, well, what do you like? It doesn't have to be optimal right now, but what is around you that's bringing you joy? And I didn't have a lot of answers, but I knew at that time I was loving working out. And so my next thing was like, well, maybe you can just start working at a gym. Maybe you can be a personal trainer. And that's how I stepped into the world of entrepreneurship and working for myself was I found a gym that I could work at. I worked there in the mornings and in the evenings before and after my full-time job until I got my personal training certification. And then I finally quit. And then I went all in on finding clients and building my own hustle while I was still working the desk at this gym that I had found. And it was so much hustle, but it was what I had to do or the path in front of me that I could see that would let me make a change because I hated, quite honestly, the day-to-day of my life and I was miserable. But I had to pull myself out of it. And taking ownership over that, it sucked at first because I just wanted to be like, screw everyone with rich parents. This is so unfair. Like, why is no one coming to save me? But flipping that switch is honestly what saved me. I don't know where I would be right now if I was still working in that environment. No sunlight every day, just being complained at day in and day out. I truly don't know where I would be. And so I'm so grateful that something switched. I had the realization I was listening to the media like this, like this type of podcast that inspired me of like, okay, my girl, if you want a different life, it's up to you to create it. And so that's another huge lesson from my 20s of if you want change, it's up to you to create it. Number four, related to this and the stories I was just sharing, another huge lesson, you can change your career literally a zillion times and everything's going to be okay. (laughs) It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be transition periods. Maybe you're going to have to go through some phases where you take a pay cut from what you did have to start over in a new field, but you don't have to stick with something just because you already poured time and energy into it. And you also don't have to stick with something just because you're good at it. I was a personal trainer. I had a really great clientele built up and I was a good personal trainer. 
But I was hitting this point where I'm like, I'm not fulfilled by this. This isn't what I want anymore. And I see this this new field emerging of being able to teach marketing online. And hey, I have this marketing background and I want to keep working for myself. But I actually ended up going back to work. If you know my story, I found a husband-wife duo that had these huge personal brands online. Chris and Lori Harder, I've shared about them before. And I went to work for them so I could learn and I could get immersed in the environment and I could understand from the inside out how these businesses operate. But that was a huge career shift for me when I had a lot of momentum going for me in the personal training world. And it was like, things were just starting to get good. But I had this gut nudge of like, this ain't it, Emily. This is not where you're meant to be. It was great because it got you out. It taught you grit. You learned so many people skills by working and teaching group classes alongside your personal training. Like I learned so much and I blossomed so much as a person, but I just knew in my gut it wasn't where I was supposed to stay. And I have switched like, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but I went to three different colleges I went to fashion school and then I transitioned and I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I actually went to fashion school on a full scholarship. I lived in LA in 2013. That was my first college that I went to was the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in downtown LA. Went for it to it for a year, fully paid for by scholarship, realized I didn't like it. It was a dream that wasn't really a dream. I liked the idea of it more than I liked actually doing it. And so then I was like, shoot, what do I do next? So I moved home and I went to school in Milwaukee for a year and I thought, okay, maybe I'm going to be an accountant because I started taking business classes and I loved the organization of the numbers. I was like, this is kind of fun. I'm a big math girly. I'm a big numbers girly. So I was like, okay, this is kind of fun, but is it fulfilling? I don't know. Maybe not. And so I would spend a year in Milwaukee and then I was like, I got to transfer to a bigger school. So then I transferred to the University of Wisconsin and that's where I found the marketing major and fell in love with marketing. And so thankfully I didn't go down the path of becoming an accountant. I'm pretty sure I would have hated it. But even just in there, I had like three major life trajectories that I just massively shifted just in my college years. And after college, it was more of the same, as you can tell just from the bits and pieces that I've shared. And guess what? I am doing a-okay. Life gets better and better with each shift. I get closer and closer to what it is I really want to be doing. And I have to say right now, I feel like I'm the most locked in I've ever been. I feel so in alignment with how I want to share my purpose with the world. I truly believe that there are multiple ways we can express our purpose. We don't have like one right thing you need to be doing. I think, I mean, some people do. You meet some people and it's like, oh, you are in the perfect career. Like you were made to do this. But if you're a manifesting generator like me, I truly think that there are so many things that we could be doing and could be sharing our gifts through so many channels through which we could be stepping into our purpose. But I have to say the one I'm in now, I really love this, but it took so many twists and turns to get here. I can see myself doing this for the next decade. It doesn't mean I don't have side projects. I think I've already shared on this podcast, I'm starting a new company, but I'm going to be doing it in tandem with what I'm doing now. It doesn't mean you can't have side quests, but you're going to get to the point if you keep following what your gut is telling you, you're going to get to that right spot where you thrive genuinely. But don't feel like you have to stick with something just because you've already put time, energy, and maybe even money, maybe even a college degree into it. You have full permission to pivot and follow your passions. Follow your desires. Follow what your intuition is telling you. That is where you are meant to be, no matter what anyone else is telling you externally. Number five, lesson number five. You ready for this one? Other people are rarely the problem. 
In fact, if somebody is bothering you, if you meet someone and you're like, oh, I just don't like that person. I just can't stand her. That is usually a you problem. And what I have learned the painful way is when you really don't like something in someone, it's really because you are rejecting that trait in yourself. It's usually something you can't stand about yourself that you are seeing reflected in another person's personality, or maybe it's baggage from a past relationship. Maybe they remind you of someone you used to know, and you're carrying that forward and projecting it onto them. It is almost never actually about the other person, and it's almost always something inside of us that needs healing. And man, did I learn a a lot of tough lessons this way. I love to play the victim. I sure did in my 20s and saying like, other people are just being mean to me. Other people just don't get me. I just don't like that person. We just don't jive. I had a lot of situations like that where I got to a point where I had to say, Emily, the common denominator in all of these relationships is you. It's you. So what are you doing to perpetuate this? And how are we going to fix this? Because I didn't want my life to be riddled with relationships that ended messy. I didn't want my life to continue to attract these people that were triggering me. So I had to say, if I'm being triggered right now, constantly on repeat, it's like I move away from one person who's triggering me and then it pops up again in another relationship. I got to figure this out because I'm the root of the problem. And man, did I hate accepting that. Oof, that upset me. (laughs) It really hurt my feelings. And it sparked a lot of deep healing as well. It's not fun to heal. It's really not fun to look at your shadows and to look at your triggers, but it's also something that's holding you back from your truest, authentic expression and honestly, your truest personality. I feel like I meet myself better and better each and every year, the more that I heal. The more I do the hard work, the more I'm like, oh, that's who I am without the weight of that past anger on me. I like her. I like this version of me. Like, let's lean into this and let's let some of that baggage go. And so I'm going to say therapy is an amazing tool. If you're into spirituality, I do energy healings. That's been a huge tool in my life as well. And as well as hiring spiritual coaches that can help me get to the root of what needs to be healed inside of me. It's been a tremendous help to hire people on my journey to help me. But even if you don't have, let's say, the funds right now to hire someone to help you, pen and paper to a journal, just trying to get to the root of your feelings of like, this person is triggering me. Why do I think that is? And just free writing and just letting it come out. Or even if it's like, I felt uncomfortable in this situation today. Here's what came up. Here's how I felt. Here's what this reminds me of. Here's the earliest memory I have of feeling this way. What is this showing me? What is this teaching me? You can go so far in working on yourself just by being reflective with pen and paper. But when you start to notice those patterns of like, man, I'm being triggered or I'm attracting people that seem to have the same patterns or I seem to be falling into the same problems over and over, start to sort that out because the more you do, the better life is going to get. And right along with that, my next one is that bottling up your emotions and shoving it down. Like when something comes up and you're like, I don't like that, but I'm just not going to look at it. I am the queen of doing that. Avoidant attachment style here. (laughs) If something comes up that I don't like, I'm like, and no, we're just not going to feed into it. We're not going to give it any attention. Just keep moving on. I got really good at doing that in my 20s. And this came full circle to bite me right in the butt in the last 12 months here. Shoving those emotions down may save you in the moment and may even make you feel like the better person, the bigger person in the moment because you're like, I am not going to get emotional. I am not going to be affected by this. 
But shoving it down doesn't work. That unprocessed pain is going to come back to bite you. It is going to find you. It's going to show up in your relationships. It's going to show up in your patterns and your habits. And it is going to self-destruct the things in your life that you are building. Because it never got the attention it needed. It never got processed. You never got to look at that emotion. And like I was just saying with the journaling, get to the root of it. Why is it here? What is this teaching me? What is this showing me? Shoving it down just stores it in your body. And man, is it going to find a way to come back out and derail whatever it is you're working on. This is where self-sabotage comes into play. So if there's one thing I want you to take away from this episode for just from my own experience, I'm like, heal that pain. Do not ignore your emotions. They're here for a reason. Process them. Recruit whoever you need to in your life to help you do so. But please do not shove things down. Take it from me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I used to tell myself because you're an Aquarius, you're just non-emotional. And that is true to a certain extent. But I was bypassing a lot that I didn't want to look at under that guise, under that lie I was telling myself. And man, did it make things harder this last year because I had to face all of it at once. It was like everything I shoved down, my body, my spirit knew I was in a stronger state, I believe. And it was like, all right, Emily, you can handle this now. We're going to bring it all up to the surface and deal with it. And that was not fun. I would have much rather have dealt with that, those things as they happen versus all at once. So please, please, please don't ignore what your body is telling you. Feel your emotions, process them, and then let them go. That way they don't stick with you and and jump out when you least expect them. And the last one I want to share with you, and I know that this will land with so many of you because this is building an online business in a nutshell. This is what we all face. It is okay if people see you fail at something. It's really not that big of a deal. And in fact, you should be so proud of yourself, genuinely, for being brave enough to try. Because do you know how many people are not? Do you know how many people are so afraid of the possibility of failure that they never put themselves out of their comfort zone? Yet here you are every single day, building a business online, stepping into the unknown, trying new things. Even just putting yourself out there in content is scary. It's the unknown. It's opening yourself up to potentially be bad at something or potentially make a fool of yourself to make a silly piece of content or a wrong piece of content or make a piece of content that people misinterpret and then they think that you were trying to be mean when you weren't. All of that is possible in these types of businesses that we're building. All of that is possible, like I said, just in the realm of content creation. This is hard and you're going to fail. Anytime you try something new, you're going to fail. Failure is inevitable, but failure is not a destination unless you decide that it's going to be. Failure is just part of your journey to success. You have to try new things and you have to get some of them wrong to figure out what the right path is. And just accepting and being okay of, hey, I'm going to fail at some of these things. I might even make a fool of myself, but I know that I'm moving forward with integrity, that I'm on a mission that serves me and others, and that if I don't do this, what's the alternative? I stay stagnant, I stay stuck, and my life doesn't change. But I want more for myself. I want more for my family. I want more for my legacy. I am building not just for myself, but for what I can show other women and other people in my life they can do. And if I'm not willing to try and potentially fail momentarily, temporarily on this journey, none of that gets to happen. So please 
anchor that in, journal on it, remind yourself daily, whatever you need to do, it's okay to fail at something. So long as you don't let it keep you down forever, you can even lick your wounds for a little bit when something goes wrong because it's going to happen on these journeys. Nobody makes it through entrepreneurship without a single failure, okay? It's going to happen, but it's okay. You're going to be stronger because of it. You're going to be able to help other people move through struggles faster because of it. You're going to build up this resilience. You're going to build up this toughness, this mental ability that you didn't know you had in you before. And you're going to become such an unwavering presence in whatever it is you're building and whatever it is you're doing if you just keep moving forward. And so I really, really, really want you to be so proud of yourself for the bravery that you have in building this business because I know that it's hard, but you are putting something so good out into the world and people need to hear what you have to say and you are so worthy of taking up the space. And if there's anything that my 20s taught me, it's that. And so I hope that, like I said, you found yourself in some of these lessons today. Maybe you're going through one of those phases right now with anything that I shared. Maybe you can relate to pieces of my story. Maybe there's things that you can look back and you're like, yep, I definitely went through that too. Or you're like, yep, I'm in that one right now, Emily. I love these kinds of episodes because I believe that just sharing experiences like this is so important for us to connect and feel validated and feel like, hey, I'm not alone in this. Other people are experiencing the exact same things as me. So thank you so much for letting me share the lessons from my 20s with you today. I'm so excited to be stepping into a new decade. I've learned, like I said, so much that I think 30 is going to be a fantastic year and a fantastic decade. I really do think life gets better and better if you let it. And I'm so excited to just lean into it and continue to enjoy the journey and milk as much out of every single day as I can. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming along with me and being on this journey with me. And as always, I will see you in the next episode. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213 606 
3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this Inner Circle Daily Text List. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.